You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. You can go to builtbar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off of your next order. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network, and you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods, and you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Nada the Scribe. A few things to get to. Rick Bennell joined me on the wake-up call earlier today, had some comments. I have some questions about Cody Zeller just staying here long-term. It's a recycled topic, but I think it's becoming more prevalent now that James Borrego said he's going to be starting. Just the center rotation continues to be an interesting storyline. We'll talk about that in the second segment. In the third segment, we'll get to LaMelo Ball's grills, which need to be talked about. And we're also going to talk about, is it truly a bad thing for the Hornets to make the playoffs this season? Uh, That's still to come later on in the show today. But first, we got to lead off with some breaking news coming out from the Hornets organization. Nada, we have a new radio voice here with the Charlotte Hornets. It's the third one for the third straight year. It's Mr. Sam Farber joining the team as the play-by-play voice that you can hear on radio. He's 37 years old, and uh, he's actually going to be calling Saturday's preseason game against the Toronto Raptors. That will be held at the Spectrum Center. So you're going to hear him pretty immediately, which is interesting. One, they hire this guy, at least they announce his, um, his presence right before, you know, three, four days before (laughs) he's going to have to hop on the mic and broadcast a game. I wonder how long this has kind of been, you know, under wraps. I I know they were supposed to be announcing it earlier this week, actually. So, um, maybe even last week at some point. So I'm sure he's known for a while, but it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, I mean, it would be interesting to know how long they did it. But anyway, Sam Farber going to be your new radio voice. Um, previously worked for ESPN and Fox Sports West. He just called the Texas Tech Grambling College basketball game for ESPN. So has quite a bit of experience. Rick Bennell kind of wrote a little um, bio on him, just a tiny one on the Charlotte Observer. He said he grew up in San Jose, Northern California, then went to college at George Washington undergrad in Southern Cal for graduate school. He has worked in minor league baseball, college sports, and did play-by-play with the Los Angeles Lakers G League affiliate. He and his wife, Lauren, a California attorney, have two young children. And so we'll get to some of the other comments about um, from him, but overall, not a, you know, I, I, from what, from what just first impression on Sam Farber, I, I listened to some of his work, you know, they, they put out a message from Farber on the Hornets Twitter account and he sounds good. I mean, he, he sounds, you know, they were always going to hire somebody that was always going to sound yes. good anyway, but you know, I, I've checked out some of his work. He's real polished, got a good voice, d- does great work with ESPN. And when you're working for those types of, you know, huge entities, I mean, you know how hard it is to be in play by play, you know, j- just for people that don't know play by play is absolute. It's an absolute nightmare. It, it's hell trying to find jobs. You know, I had it described to me one time when I was breaking into the broadcasting business, which there's a little of interest uh, for me doing play by play. You know, I didn't apply for the job or anything like that. I appreciate anybody who, you know, you know, Owen, I know kind of tweeted that out. It's not like that was ever real consideration I- anyway. Um, but play-by-play was described to me one time by a professional broadcaster, you know, how much hell it is to try to get these jobs. And so not as you know, you know, how this works is you have 
one job opened up. Let's say it's Montana State. Yes. No disrespect to Montana State. Let's say that job opens up. Okay, so now you have about 100 applicants, you know, 200 applicants looking to be the voice of a team. And so they all send their air checks, their resumes, whatever they can to get this job at Montana State. So in order to go get that small of a job, you're competing with a million different people. And let's say that you get it. You're always looking to move up and you have to constantly bounce around if you're looking to move up in the game. Now, maybe you are cool with just being the voice of Montana State and want to stay up there for the rest of your life. That's fine. And, and that's just whatever it is. But for most people that get in this business, they're dreaming of calling Monday Night Football in the Super Bowl and for one of these huge networks. And so let's say you move on from that small school. Now there's a job opening at Kansas or there's a job opening with the Los Angeles Rams or uh, Las Vegas. Now they like whatever, you know, you're talking about just an unbelievable amount of applicants for one job and everybody's good. <laughs> I mean, the, everybody's insane. The talent level out there is nuts. You've got to do a whole bunch of different stuff to land that job. And you know, the Hornets, they ask a lot for, um, from yes, their play-by-play -play guy. You're talking about hosting a podcast. You're talking about running social media accounts, being a face, right? Like they like, and, it, and it's smart, you know, they like their play-by-play -play voice to be out and about and, you know, actually kind of marketing the Charlotte Hornets, but also marketing themselves. You know, you become a little bit of a local star more so than maybe your typical play-by-play -play voice. Like they, they just, they put your name out there. They want you to do the radio hits. You know, they, they want you to do all that stuff and, it, and it's smart. And so, and you should want to as a play-by-play -play voice. My point is, you know, it, it, with, with this guy having worked for ESPN and having done some pretty big games, you know, calling Texas Tech and Grambling college basketball game for ESPN, it's no small feat. Um, this guy's good, Nada, so we should expect big yes, things from we him. We absolutely should expect big things, and quite honestly, like I'm looking forward to all of this. I am just at the point where, I, I don't know, Like, there's a lot of this that feels like really awesome. I'm expecting him to be good. I'm hoping he that he stays for longer than a year. Like at this point, like I've made the joke before, <laughs> the radio position has become the defense against dark arts position at Hogwarts. I want this to be something different. I want this to be, and, and I just hope that he embraces the kookiness, like the fan base. So we're going to, I'm, again, I always give these guys the benefit of the doubt that they're going to be pretty awesome because there are only 30 of these jobs. You have to be pretty damn good to even get one of them. So I would, I'm, um, yeah, I'm one of those that believes that he'll be awesome. I can't wait to talk to him. And now that he's like official, he's got a, a and I know there are enough people in that building that listen to us. Like he's got to come talk to us guys now. He, he's got to talk, talk to us. Um, yeah, he's going to be, I have to imagine, right. We, we're just going to dub him. I, I have no clue who this guy is personally. I just know from what I've read and what I've seen from his work. And um, I'm already going to say that he's a friend of the show because we expect exactly. that to happen. We're going to get him on the show and uh, hopefully that continues to happen. And so look, let's talk about that. Not a real quickly, like, man, you know, <laughs> I have to imagine that this particular podcast among compared to any other podcast on the lockdown podcast network has talked more about the play-by-play -play position <laughs> again than any other show yes. because we went through this with Chris Kroger. We went through this with John Fokey where, you know, Chris Kroger that abruptly ends the team never announces yes. why John Fokey. We know why that ended. It was uh, a tweet of the N word when trying to reference the Denver nuggets, just about as unfortunate 
a nickname change as you could you could make, not just yes. about. It is the most Absolutely. unfortunate nickname change that you could possibly have on Twitter comes out and says it was a mistake. And, you know, I'm one that believes him. You can make your own judgment. I'm one that believes him on that. But regardless, it's a mistake. It's egregious. He puts that out on Twitter and the team did not fire him for using that type of language, you know, for the use of it, right? It was for a, a mistake on social media. They called it a typo, but again, they didn't call it a typo, whatever, just your social media yes. guidelines, not following yes. them. Right. And I can understand that. That's not a word that you want out there on any Twitter account affiliated with you, whatever. So here's the thing. I mean, this play-by-play -play job, yeah, you, you lose a, a couple of these guys for just wild, wild things that have happened. You know, we don't know about the Kroger thing, but just some wild things that have happened to that play-by-play -play job. You know, he has to answer for that, right? Like Sam Farber comes in and he actually has a comment on it. And he says, look, I don't know everything that happened there. I'll put it this way. I start and end every broadcast with kind of a catchphrase for me. It's a pleasure and a privilege to be talking with you. So Sam keeping it like he doesn't know anything about what's gone on here in the past. I'm sure he's up to speed on what's gone on a little bit, but not having all the details, just saying he's happy to be here, right? Like this is the dream job for a million different sports fans out there. Farber, a polished dude getting this job, certainly going to be excited about it, but it's been so weird, man. Like here we are. He says he wants to be here for a long time. Um, yeah. Did he use like 20 years, something like that? I mean, yeah, like that's, I think that's kind of the attitude that anybody would have taking any job, but we'll see if it happens. Not, I mean, it's not been a good job no. to hold. <laughs> According to the all. last two stops. Not at all. And you know what? Look, we just, again, Sam's just got to come talk to us. And maybe not talk to us too soon. Because remember, Folky had his unfortunate accident, what, like less than a week after we talked to him? So maybe we're the curse. Maybe we're the problem. Oh, no. Don't yeah. do that. Well, I mean, we did. Now that you mentioned that, we did talk to Chris Kroger about his call against the Toronto Raptors. Well, yes, but also, you know, because it happened so quickly after the call that was really circulating everywhere mm -hmm. because Jeremy Lamb hits a half court shot and Chris Kroger loses his mind. <laughs> I mean, that that call he was just, you know, just screaming and we, we talked to him about it and then of course, you know, literally what was it got like 10, 10 days, days later, later, not even yep. a week later. Yeah, it abruptly comes to an end. So good luck to you, Mr. Sam Farber. I'm sure we will be talking soon. Before we go to the next segment on the Lockdown Horn, this damn play-by-play -play position, man. I mean, look, I, I know the joke's been told a million times, but it's crazy. Like, it I mean, it's absolutely insane. Um, all right, Sam Farber, we, we love you already. Thank you so much for joining us and taking this, uh, this, this job that has proven to be the end of a couple of people here in Charlotte. Either way, I'll tell you what other thing you should be paying attention to. It's Built Bar because of how great their product is. They have six new flavors. They have 12 original flavors, 18 total if you can do math, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and of course, Terry Barcia, as told to you by the Barcia Bros. Built Bar is a great uh, bar for the health-conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat, and they're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and if you're on the keto diet, it's great for that as well. Plus, you get a free cooler with your purchase of Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. What are the chances that Cody Zeller stays here long-term and should he stay here long-term? We talk about that next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. So if you don't believe in the moon landing, mm -hmm. then what would you say is the greatest human achievement? 
I think the greatest achievement of all time, and I think it's Vince Carter doing 360s clockwise it's rather really than counterclockwise. It. It's really tough. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. As I mentioned, we had Rick Bennell earlier today. We'll get to that in just a moment. We had Rick Bennell on the wake-up call. But I also want to talk to you guys about what's still to come on the uh, Locked on Hornets podcast this week. Any media availability that happens, we'll continue to dissect a lot of the comments. James Borrego speaking frequently. We'll continue to break down his comments. I believe Grant Riller also talking to the media today. Is there a shot that Grant Riller could be somewhat a part of the rotation. What kind of expectations do we have for the last pick uh, for the Hornets in the NBA draft? So we'll continue to dissect the comments from anybody that comes from the Charlotte Hornets organization. You know, Cody Zeller's spoken with the media too, and the center conversation has been fascinating leading up to it. You know, not a, I think everybody would have more than likely gone with, yeah, Cody Zeller's going to be the starting center heading into the year. No, duh. If they want to play small ball, like we certainly saw PJ play a little bit of small ball five last year, but not a ton. And then Borrego comes out and says, we're going to put PJ Washington at the five quite a bit. You know, it was Borrego that kept telling us this. Then it's PJ Washington telling us that that's really all I played at the mini bubble that we were given because of the delete eight teams and ability to get to the bubble in Orlando. And so here we have. Cody Zeller, PJ Washington. You're probably going to see a lot of both. We talked about that yesterday. You know, with this conversation surrounding Cody, we've talked about this a decent amount. I don't want this to be an overblown conversation or something where people roll their eyes and, you know, they're kind of bored of this. It's just that we have constantly talked about Cody getting shipped mm-hmm. somewhere. And I, I and and again, it's it's not our fault. Like I'm not going to blame fans or the media for that because, you know, James Borrego. He messed with Cody Zeller's minutes so much last season. Yeah. You know, like, and and maybe you're trying to evaluate the roster, but you know what Cody is. You know, you, you know what Bismack Biombo is. At some point, you get a decent sample size of how they mesh with a couple of other different players that are younger with this team. Was it that you were just looking to, yeah, I, I just, there was a lot of experiment lineup wise. I wonder if you're trying to get your best players out there now in order to make the playoffs and have bigger expectations, which is something that a lot more people from that organization have talked about. And so if that's the case and you do value Cody Zeller and we've talked about it a lot, I, I think Cody Zeller is a good basketball player in the NBA. I think that there is a better shot that he stays here long-term rather than getting shipped and also, Nada, I think it would be beneficial for the Hornets to keep Cody Zeller long term. We had just kind of talked about it because we assumed that he was the most likely guy to be traded. But it would be beneficial for the Hornets to keep on to Cody Zeller after this contract runs out. You'd get him on a better deal, presumably. What do you think, uh, Nada? What, what would you like to have Cody Zeller long term? I feel two different ways about it because before we talked about, like you said, before we started recording, we got on wax and we talked about it. And I was more for the, yeah, he should stay, this, that, and the third. But at the same time, I do wonder about the trade assets, and I do wonder about what could be. And then when we have those conversations about all of that, that's when it all gets interesting for me. But I find myself in the midst of just saying, you know what he is? He's that nice pair of sweatpants. 
And everybody, especially in quarantine, knows what those nice pair of sweatpants are. They're nice, they're comfortable, but you feel like you can do better. You might be able to get yourself a nice pair of jeans, maybe some khakis, some, maybe some better like joggers, some nice Adidas joggers. But those sweatpants are always there. They're comfortable, they're reliable. You can wear them to anything. Hell, you've probably worn them to work one or two times already. So you know what? You feel like you can do better than Cody Zeller, but most likely you probably can't. You should keep those sweatpants. So therefore, what I am telling you is that I like my sweatpants, I'm keeping my sweatpants, and I hope that me and the sweatpants are retained for a nice three-year deal around $30 million. It's not the worst thing in the world. What do you think, Walker? Uh, I think that's just fine, and all this talk about sweatpants reminds me of my favorite pair of sweatpants that I own, and they're really Zubaz pants, and the reason I have Zubaz Wait, whoa, pants whoa, 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 is because... Whoa, 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 what? Walker, you are entirely yep. too damn young to be owning Zubaz pants. Hey, man, I was a 90s kid. Now, maybe not an adult in the 90s where they were wearing Zubaz pants. But what I did was I was Fresh Prince of Bel-Air for Halloween one year. And I ordered Zubaz pants in order to be Will Smith. And I got to tell you, Nada, they're so damn comfortable and they look so good. I absolutely wear those out and about. If I'm just running to the grocery store real quick, if I'm just going to go to the convenience store to grab a Gatorade or something like that, I have no problem letting those things shine, man. Those things are great. They're so comfortable and they look cool. Like, should we bring those no. back? Should Zubaz be no, a thing again? absolutely not. That should be something that stays on like Eastbound and Down and Steven Seagal movies. Leave it there. Just leave it there. Uh, co- uh, Cody Zubaz is somebody that should stay here with the Charlotte Hornets as far as I'm concerned. And That's when we a talk about nickname, isn't it? <laughs> we can play with it here. I don't know if it's going to catch on, but we can play with it here. Now, you mentioned, you know, getting rid of Cody Zeller because we don't know if you're going to be able to get anything better in return. Like, what's the value of Cody? Because talking about Cody in this light, it doesn't mean that you hold on to him for dear life and just don't trade him. If there's a good trade offer out there, then yeah, it's not like I want to hold on to Cody, you know, for for and, and keep him, you know, long term, no matter what comes our way. But if you're talking about the value of Cody, I think the ceiling probably gets to a protected first round pick and it's it's not crazy protected. You know, maybe are we talking what lottery? Are we talking lottery protected first round pick? Maybe a little bit, um, maybe a little less protected than that to some degree. I, I think maybe you could be talking about something like that when you're also speaking of a, uh, you're speaking about a, an expiring contract yeah. too. So not only do you have the value of Cody, you know, just being someone that can honestly be plugged in into a lot of situations. The, the thing that Cody can't do is he's not going to shoot. Well, we can hear all of the coaches comments, whether it be Clifford, whether it be Borrego, that Cody's coming out shooting a lot more this year. We just that ship has sailed. If it happens, then it'll be a surprise and it'll be nice. But we can't expect Brooke Lopez to happen twice. No. Right. So Cody Zeller, that that's not something that he's going to be suited for or sought after for, if you will. He can still fit in a lot of different lineups and a lot of different ways and someone that just is always going to be useful and a relatively athletic seven footer who plays decent defense, even if his post defense is one of the weaker part of his games, plays decent defense and offensively can give you 10 points a game, you know, right? Like that, that's somebody that is valuable. I, I, that's why I would love to hold on to him unless there's somebody that would love to have him and his expiring contract. But what do you think the value is? The value like I don't I don't see his value as that much. I think 
He's more valuable to the Charlotte Hornets for what he is and what he, again, for the fact that you know this guy, you know what he can do and you know what he can't do. You know his strengths, his weaknesses, and you know that his game is going to be okay as it ages. You're comfortable with that. You just have to be very, 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 very comfortable knowing the fact that if you keep him, you again, if you don't trade him, you have to keep him because giving him up for nothing is another, is, again, and with everything that's gone on, Unless he has just his game is completely eroded, giving him up for nothing would be the would be an absolute shame. Giving him up for nothing. So basically, I'm okay with not trading him. But if you're not trading him, you better sign him, and you better sign him for a contract friendly for a cap friendly deal. Because at that point, if not, then there's going to be a whole lot of questions about what exactly are the expectations of this Charlotte Hornets franchise going forward. Also, if you do retain him. What does that also say about Nick Richards and Vernon Carey? And Vernon Carey more so because you gave that guy a lot of money up front just to make sure that he was not going to go anywhere for four years. Yeah, compared to second rounders, but it's not like we can't get out of it uh, long money but, but, or like, big yeah, money. But, I mean, it's just compared to second rounders. Yeah, compared to second rounders, but still $1.5 million is, uh, again, that's, a, that's an additional trade piece if you, if you really want it. That's what I'm saying. Um, real quickly, do you know what Montana State's mascot is? I yes do no? not. It's the Bobcats. Just thought everybody would like to know that. And for some reason, I went with that state and that university, and it's the Bobcats, just so everybody can learn a little something today on the podcast. We've got one more uh, segment to go. Do you like Lamella Ball's grills? I know I do, and I'll talk about it um, as to why. Coming up next on the Hornets, uh, Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I'm not a big fan of grape jelly. I kind of, I'm a little insulted that you referred to me as grape jelly. I'm not a fan of grape anything. Now, I like grapes, but I don't like grape flavoring. I think it goes back to the Robitussin that I had as a kid, and I just don't like grape flavoring. Anyway, great to be back. Great to be back on the show. (laughs) It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. How nervous were you when you saw that video come out that you thought the Hornets fan base was going to receive LaMelo Ball's grills in a negative light, Nada? How scared were you about that? I was out of, I was out of 12. I was out of 12. I'm out of 10. <laughs> I was out of 12 because I thought this was going to be Cam Newton all over again. That's how bad I was worried. That's how much I was worried about it. I am glad the outrage factory took the day off. I am glad we're allowing a kid to be a kid. I am glad that... Um, Cody Zeller joined in on it. And you know what I'm also glad for? Uh, again, the only thing I'm mad about is that when did Grill, again, I'm just mad that Grills came back in fashion and no one told me. Like, that's. Oh, man, those things are sweet, right? Those things are you saying that you like them? Yes. Are you saying that you like them? Because here's another thing is I don't know what we could do to do this. Um, Now, I'm not expecting you to drop a hundred thousand on any kind of grills. And if you can, then I don't know what you're doing here. But if we could get you to wear some grills, I would like to explore that opportunity if that's possible. Why not? Why not? Let's go. Would you wear so? What what kind would you wear? Like, would would we have to get some fake grills out there? What's the going rate for grills anyway? I have no idea. Like, literally, I feel so like grills feels like my twenties, and I've been so divorced, so divorced from my twenties that I I really like. I wish I could tell you that I know how much a grill costs, but if there was like a fake grill that I could get for like a hundred, like a hundred, hundred fifty, yo, I'm I'm I might. I might. <laughs> if you would spend, that would be some, even then, that would be great dedication. You know, if you're yeah. going to spend that kind of money on it, just to wear I it here and there. Jay. I spend money like that for Jays, so I might as well you do it for girls. So. Um, also, here's another question that I have. So me being me, 
-hmm. I didn't know exactly how to type grills out. Do I go with the S, Nada, or can I put the Z? Should I put the Z? Does it look like I'm trying too hard yes, when I put the it Z? it absolutely looks like you're trying too hard if you're going with the Z. It, that's that's why hard. I put the S. Yes. So I made the right call by yes, going with the S when I type it out? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I was scared about that. I didn't know if I was going to get made fun of for putting the S, and then people who know what they're talking about say, wait, does this guy actually think it's grills? Like there's multiple cooking devices? No, no. Like it's actual Z. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm glad that I made the right call on that. It was, no, <laughs> it was dicey, man. You're not I didn't allowed know where to, to Rachel Dolezal this. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I mean, look, I really didn't know where to go. I had no clue. And uh, I'm glad I settled on the S real quickly. The wait is almost over. The 2020, 2021 NBA season is almost here. And the lockdown NBA podcast will get you ready with a special week of shows beginning December 14th. That's coming up in just about five days. Get previews of every team division by division from all 30 of our locked on local experts, including us. You just got a sneak peek of what I had to say. And you got a sneak peek of what Nada had to say. Plus, waiver wire editions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball that's doing excellent in the ratings, by the way. Rookies to watch from Chad Ford and predictions on each division from rejecting the screen. A lot to get to on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcast. Real quickly, one other thing I wanted to talk about that Rick Bennell had to say, um, Nada, was how much he thought it would be even somewhat beneficial for the Hornets to make the playoffs this season and where I have kind of discussed this as I don't want the Hornets to make the playoffs to take them out of position to get a higher draft pick. And, you know, he, he talked about if these young players take a step up, Gordon Hayward plays, you know, close to the value of his contract or as close as you possibly can. And the Hornets find themselves in the playoffs because of that. You know, I could see the value to some degree, right? Like I could see the value in these young players, everybody taking the right step up. And I think I included that in my best case scenario. If PJ Washington takes a legitimate step up, if you see miles bridges actually understand team defense a little bit more, stay in front of his guy and shoot 35 to 36% from three on a consistent basis with decent volume, then that's great to see those guys take the step up. If Devonte Graham finishes a, a significant, significantly better at the rim than he did last year and the floater starts to get going and LaMelo look like if, if all the good things happen with the young guys taking good steps forward and they just so happen to find themselves in the playoffs, then okay. I could see the value in that. I think where this comes into play is I just don't want it to be because Gordon Hayward is now on this team. You delve out all that money to him and it takes you out of position where before Gordon Hayward and, and even still, like we were talking about how this team was the most, was, was the most starless in all yes. of the NBA. I mean, even the wizards have Beal, the Hawks have Trey young, you know, you go down the list, every other team is going to give you some type of star. I mean, even with the Knicks, you know, maybe RJ Barrett becomes that guy. I think you still might feel a little better about RJ being a star than you do anybody else on the Hornets roster before LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward. And so, you know, if you think you have that, if you think you have that problem solved with LaMelo and Gordon, then all right, make the playoffs, see how it happens. And if it, you know, continues to grow into, you know, not this season, but next season, actually maybe even legitimately winning a playoff series than cool. I just am wary of that. Not a, it's the mirage type of success that we've talked about the point differential being in the minuses. And it's like, Oh, this team actually, you know, they, this is a team that you can tell it's not sustainable. 
and like, it, right, correct, right, which like is a better way to put that's, it. That's the thing, and I get it from your mm-hmm. standpoint because I was listening and I agreed with you. I was like, look, as long as the growth is sustainable, as long as you know it's somewhat sustainable, I'm okay with making the playoffs. Granted, I'm not again the way this class is looking. I'm less and less okay with it, but at this point, I'm okay with growth as long as it's organic. If it's one of those things where it's not necessarily organic or if it's propped up, and you can generally tell statistically if these things are going to be propped up or if this is a one-year aberration, you generally can tell. So when you have those one-year aberrations and you're in the middle of them, the, the thing that I worry about with a playoff run like that is that ownership management is going to double down on that. And I think that's why we both worry about this, is that if they do make the playoffs, we know the only thing is, that's coming is escalation. It happened in 2016. Um, it might happen now. You mentioned some of these guys in the NBA draft class coming up. Like, you're so right about that. I mean, they, they we all knew that this was going to be a lot stronger than the draft class we just saw. Yep. But the fact that we're getting awesome basketball from them right away, it's like, oh, God. And I'm not somebody that really even pays attention a ton to, you know, I, I, I watch college basketball. I know who I like. I'm, I'm definitely well up to date on college basketball, you know, but these guys coming out of high school, I'm not necessarily well versed on, you know, I, I don't know a ton about Kate Cunningham. I just know everybody likes him. I don't know a ton about Evan Mobley. I just know everybody likes him watching Cunningham, Mobley, even Jalen Suggs in the G league, watching Zaire Williams go against North Carolina in the Maui invitational. None of these guys are good, man. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's crazy. Like th- those guys are playing well. Um, you know, maybe even, yeah, I know a weird game from Zaire, but, um, here recently it's still, these guys are amazing. And I want a little bit of that. If I'm a Hornet fan, yeah, I do. Exactly. And like, I think again, you feel the you same. S- you see the wings that can fix everything. They could, you're talking about, that's like the infinity. That's the last infinity stone right there is one of those guys, those guys in the top five. We want to complete the gauntlet, guys. We don't necessarily want to go into a battle with an incomplete in- infinity gauntlet and then get mollywopped. <laughs> that's all we're asking for. We want a team that we can feel completely secure about for the first time ever. Is that too much to ask for, Walker? I don't think it should um, be too much to ask for. I, I, I don't think so. We'll see if it is, though, because you can't ask too much from the Charlotte Hornets. Also Hopefully true. that is starting to change. Also, thanks for sticking with us here. I know we've had some audio issues the last couple of days. I think we've got this fixed. We should have all of this fixed with what we've been doing. It's usually pretty reliable, so hopefully um, we have those audio issues fixed for you uh, today and long term. That wraps up this edition of Locked on Hornets. Really appreciate you guys joining us in Thanks again to Built Bar for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA, Hollinger and Duncan, and Rejecting the Screen. Have a great day. We will be back with you tomorrow.